All right, Jeff, we're rolling. You got anything profound to start with? Uh, not that profound, but not to start with anyway. No, we'll get into that. All right. Well, we did get thank our, you for uh, listening to the Fields Brothers show. Welcome to the Fields Brothers Show podcast. I am Jeff Fields. I am here with my brother, Roger. We are in his man cave, and we get together from time to time and just talk about the goodness of God and life on this side of the cross and the impact that uh, grace in Jesus Christ, grace really is a person in Jesus Christ, and then the finished work that's been done and the freedom from religion that that uh, allows us to have. So we no longer have to struggle to get closer to God or to become pleasing to God or to do something to get God to bless us that was done through Jesus Christ and God is our father and loves to give his give children good good, good gifts yes yeah, since you brought it up you know one of the things that hits me all the time in reading some social media stuff is that you talked about work what'd you say about religion you just made the comment that we freeze us from religion freeze us from religion you know one of the things that we have in common with atheists is that we don't yeah. like religion either yeah I mean you know, a lot, I, and I saw heard a, a a poll the other day, or some of a research that you know most people who are avid atheists. Now, there's some just kind of atheists, just don't believe in God, but they're not vocal and they're not right. adamant about it. But the ones that are really out there, very kind of vicious about it, are people who are, typically were hurt in religion. Yeah. They grew up in homes that were very abusive. They were or li- churches, churches that, were that were abusive, and they have a real, um, you know, there's a real backlash against what they suffered at the hands of people who were religious. And no wonder they have a little yeah. bit of problem with God. I've heard some people say lately, and I think you and I would agree with this, that you know, if someone says they're an atheist, you know, I think a good question to ask them, well, tell me about the God that you don't believe in. Right, right. And then they describe that God. Yeah, we don't, that, we don't believe in him either. Yeah. I mean, that's a famous, I, I'm uh, surprised you, you didn't give up long yeah. before now. That's a know. famous conversation from a, a Harvard professor years and years ago when Harvard had Christian professors, and somebody came in and said, Doc, I don't think I believe in God. And the professor said, well, tell me about the, the God you don't believe in. And so he yeah. described this God, and he said, well, you know, I don't, I don't believe in that God yeah. either. Yeah. And that's, boy, that's the truth. And I, th- um, I think there are that, I mean, God has been so misrepresented. You know, um, somebody said to me the other day that, you know, they, they were in a church for a long, long time, and, uh, you know, fairly active growing church and all and they moved to a different place and left that church after been there i mean for 25 30 years and they just never never realized until they left that church that they were in really a bubble that was very you know judgmental and it was very much all about your behavior and they just felt free and they never realized it while they were in yeah. it. Isn't that yeah. interesting? Yeah, I can Until see they that. got away from it, it's like, wow. And they said it really has freed them to kind of love people yeah. and not be more so judgmental towards other people. But it's they had to get out that, of that. Yeah, to get away from an us versus them type of mentality. I, mean, I, I saw a post the other day. I don't think I've mentioned this before, but it's from a pastor and, and talked about that simply the effect of, you know, now we've had Saturday, so it's trying to get people to come to church on Sunday. So Saturday we've been able to do what we want to do, and now tomorrow's the day to do what God wants us to do. I mean, that's I mean, an admission that, that is, nobody wants to go to church, really, isn't it? That's a mission. <laughs> we know you really don't want to do this, I mean, but you're obligated because you had fun yesterday. I mean, so now you owe it to God to have a miserable day today. So let's go ahead and get up, get dressed, I mean, and it, get on over here. It's wrong two ways. That's one way. It's wrong that that yeah that no one wants to, but it's also it's the idea that. God kind of resents 
or the you doing what you want to do. Yeah, if you want yeah. to go, you know, like God just puts up with it. I said, yeah, fine, get it, through but your day. But just, it's not really yeah, what God wants you yeah, to do. Yeah. And so, no wonder so many people in churches, you know, live with almost a continual sense of guilt in that, and really don't like God, yeah. and really don't hang around God. And tell you, I tell you, when you see who God is and the love of God and what He's done for us through Jesus Christ, it really changes things i have a question you want a theological question again and, and i keep coming i've brought this up before and i have, every time i have a little bit of a different angle on it but i'm still fascinated that there's so much in scripture um in the gospels and then after the cross about this word the kingdom mm-hmm. something we rarely talk about yeah. in, in you know well, in, we in messages well, people most do, people don't or when they do it's you got to build the kingdom they're talking about just yeah. the church gathering you got to build the build it in the programs but they never really talk about it in the context that it's talked about in scripture and so one of the things that that's, that amazes me is in acts 28 is verse 30 31 it says right for two yeah. for two years at his own expense it says he welcomed all who came to him talking about the apostle paul proclaiming the kingdom of god and teaching about the Lord Jesus Christ with all boldness and hindrance. So he spent the last years of his life doing what? Talking about the mm-hmm. kingdom of God. And so you get it, you know, when you start off with Jesus who says the kingdom is at hand, which means it's close, but it wasn't there yet. When you hear him say that the parables are, kind of, are ways to kind of describe this kingdom. And then when you hear in the um, prayer that he gave, he gave the apostle we've called the Lord's Prayer because yeah. thy kingdom come, which implies mm-hmm. that it's still not there yet. And then when he says, you know, we've talked about, and even the book we talk about how Jesus says that John the Baptist is the greatest that ever was, but the least in the kingdom is greater than John, implying that the kingdom is not available, mm-hmm. or John's not in the kingdom apparently. Yeah. Right? Yeah. But to, I mean, in some way. Yeah, yeah, in some way. He's not in the kingdom. And so the, the question becomes, well, what is the kingdom? And even Jesus says in Luke 17, people are going to say this, they're going to observe it like there it is or here it is. He goes, no, it's in the midst of you. It's something that's mm-hmm. not observable. Mm-hmm. Like it's not a physical kingdom. I mean, I think he's pretty clear about that. And then when he says, I think this was an amazing scripture in Luke 9, he says, I tell you, some of you who are standing here will not taste death until they see the kingdom of God. Now, that's an interesting statement because that means it's still not there, but some of you, not all of you, but some of you are still going to be around when the kingdom comes. Now, that to me is clear, crystal clear, that he's talking about something that was going to happen after his death and resurrection. That was just Mm -hmm. a few years away, okay? So then the question again becomes, what is his kingdom? And my three favorite verses about this, about the kingdom of God are Colossians 1, 13 and 14, where he says he has delivered us from the dominion of darkness and transferred us into the kingdom of his son in whom we have redemption, the forgiveness of sins. Past so, so past it. So the kingdom is a place where you already have forgiveness. Mm-hmm. You are totally paid for. That's yep. the redemption. Okay. Yep. So number one, kingdom is a place. It's a, phys- it's a spiritual place. Mm-hmm. It's a place in God where I know I'm totally forgiven. Price has been paid. Number one. Number two, is I love it and it says in Romans 14, 17, the kingdom of God is not a matter of eating and drinking. It's not a matter of, of performance or behavior, but it's what? Righteousness, peace, and joy in the Holy Spirit. In so, the Holy Spirit. I think it's a key part of that. So that's Pentecost. So, so in, 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 right. So in the Holy Spirit, you are righteousness. You are mm-hmm. righteous. You have joy. You have peace. So mm-hmm. we know what? So what do we know so far about the kingdom? We know that it's a place that's total forgiveness, which they did not have in the Gospels. Right. 
I mean, the key, Jesus says, this is at hand. It's close, but it's not here yet. So we have a place. We live in a place, and I'm getting another little point with all this here in a second, but if it's a place of total redemption, total forgiveness, we have righteousness, we have peace, we have joy in the Holy Spirit. And then in 1 Corinthians 4, 20, it says, for the kingdom of God does not consist of talk, but of power. And I think in the word power, they could really just be ability. There's just a divine ability. There's just something mm-hmm. that happens to this beyond our own ability. And that's also characteristic of the kingdom. So to me, the, we know the kingdom is something that was in Jesus' day when he was physically on the earth, uh, it was future. Um, and so it's after he's delivered us out of, the, out of darkness. So this is all past, you know, after the, the cross, after the resurrection. So then we have the fact that we're, we're saved, we're redeemed, uh, everything's forgiven. We have righteousness, peace, and joy, and we have a divine ability. And so, it also, oh, and one other thing, too. I love it where he says in Luke 12, he says, it's your Father's good pleasure to, to give, give you the kingdom. Okay, not something here. And so all I'm saying is, we always talk about the, we, we talk about Old Covenant, New Covenant, and rightfully so. There is an Old mm-hmm. Covenant, there's a New Covenant, we're in the New Covenant. We talk about being under law, being under grace, rightfully so. But I think with the same enthusiasm, maybe sometimes we just need to say, we're in the kingdom. Yeah. And we weren't in the kingdom before. This is the kingdom. This is what the kingdom is. The kingdom yeah. is being able to be free, to know who you are in God, what he's done for you. That's what this kingdom is all about, right? I mean, yeah. that, I mean that, there, there is, me it's a spiritual reality. It's yeah. a spiritual It's a spiritual place. Place. Yeah, I mean, if you, uh, yeah, it's kind of, yeah, I mean, it's not physical, but spiritual uh, in, yeah. in that, obviously. But yeah, yeah. 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 I mean, it, and it's, it's a matter of waking up to what's yeah. where and, we already are. Yeah. You know? So it's like, well, Roger, you, you, you're totally, you think you're totally forgiven? Yeah, because I'm in the kingdom. You mean, it's all already all been paid for? It's all, yeah, because I'm in the That's what the kingdom is about. Yeah. The, the, those are the characteristics of the kingdom, and that's where we're at. We're in the kingdom. And that, that Colossians, the kingdom of his son. Yeah. Yep. of the son of his love yep. you know uh, yeah you know, we kind of skip over that last phrase but the son of his yeah. love and so you know oh there's a lot in the way in that colossians i think you know he is our righteousness he is our peace he is our joy so i mean the kingdom is in that way you can say the kingdom's a person as well it I mean, is it, i agree with that it's, it's too. In, in christ you're in, in christ way, so. but it's just a place that was not available and we can talk about and i agree with you i you know there was a God of love before the before the mm-hmm. cross. There was, uh, you know, there was a lot of stuff. But the there, the kingdom, by definition, by scriptural definition, was not available until after Jesus died and rose again. That and the Holy Spirit thing that reminded me of the verse, you know, the John seven, you know, out of your belly shall flow rivers of living water. But it specifically says this related to the Holy Spirit right. that had not yet been right. given. He, he is a future and so, tense. You know, I think that's. It reminds me of something I was thinking the other day. It fits well with that. This, I think we, we've we've not um, emphasized the ascension enough. I mean, the whole goal of the cross and the resurrection was so that Jesus would ascend into heaven, take us with him, we're seated with him, and then the Holy Spirit outpouring to, to join him. So that outpouring of the Spirit and and us being in the kingdom, that was the reason for the crucifixion and the resurrection. That's that's where it was headed. Yeah, and right. that doesn't happen without the ascension. So the idea that that we ascended with him, so we are connected. You know, the Holy Spirit. We're joined. First Corinthians, uh, is it six or chapter two? Uh, anyway, it talks about one spirit. He was you know one with the Lord, one spirit. Yeah. So it's the Holy Spirit that's kind of the life of the party. He's the one that's that joins right. us with him in that. So right. 
It's a happy kingdom. I, I'm still just really struck by just how much kingdom talk is in Scripture and how little we talk about it, except when we talk about, well, we got to build the kingdom. I mean, yeah, that's you got, the thing. That means you got to give towards our building. Bro. We're building a wing <laughs> on the church kingdom with a fellowship hall, and we need money for that, so we need to build the kingdom. I mean, it's really it's kind of sad the way we've dumbed down this powerful concept of the kingdom into fundraising for buildings and okay, just programs. I'm going to throw you a curveball now. So you All think right. Jehovah's Witness got it right when they call their buildings the Kingdom Hall, or is it? Well, it's a better term, yeah. I mean, maybe, <laughs> maybe, so. maybe term the term that, is yeah. not bad. Yeah, I mean, I have a, a few dozen other problems with Jehovah's Witness, <laughs> but maybe that one I don't have, yeah. But that is, yeah, the kingdom is not talked about a lot, and then when it is talked about, it's it kind of gets into some you know, legalistic type of things and, yeah. and and all that. So, yeah, but I mean, it's, it's a, it's a very positive, powerful scriptural reality that I don't think we give enough attention to. That's my, okay. Opinion. Can I bring up something now? Okay, fine. Go ahead. <laughs> <laughs> I, heard, I heard a new phrase, a new word today in this, this, on this podcast I listened to it said, we, we've gotten our orthodoxy down. We need to work on our orthopraxy. So orth, you got orthodoxy and orthopraxy. So orthodoxy is you got your doctrine right. Yeah. You know, yeah. we know who's what, who yeah. did what, and all this. But but sometimes it's not, you know, we don't have the experience of it. You know, it, it's not. That's so what that's the orthopraxy is? The practice of it. The, the practice of like our doctrine. The, the, so. the doing. We just got to. No, no. And that was not the context of this. The context was just the, the firsthand knowledge of God. Okay. The experience. And pointed out, so you and I did not grow up in a heritage that emphasized spiritual experiences for the most part, you know, especially compared to what are you laughing You're at? going out on a limb here with that. Yeah, I would say that's true. Yes. And so, but I think you and I have each had some spirit, what we would call spiritual experiences yeah. at some point in our life. Yeah. I mean, and yeah. so, I mean, I've had one that I've shared various times when I turned 22 and all that, there is something good and important about spiritual experiences that I think a lot of times people that come from our heritage or sometimes even in the great, you know, the whole so-called grace movement can be overly doctrinal at times. Oh, and yeah. just getting all the I's dotted right, the T's oh, crossed oh, right. Yeah. And, but the idea of a personal experience of some sort and God meets us. We talked the other day, God meets us where we are. I heard a great story that a guy shared and it was on the subject of demons. And so he told about when he was 20 years old, he was an intern in some ministry. They were, I think he said it was in Mexico. And the main guy is getting up to preach in this gathering. And they see, uh, and this guy that was telling the story at the time, he was 20 years old. And he said he was like 210 pounds. He could bench 350 pounds. He was buff. He was solid, muscular, in shape. Kind of like me. Two hundred, um, whatever. And then, <laughs> so twenty years old, and the the main guy that he was kind of going to be mentored by gets up to preach, and there's a, a girl that they later on found out was seven years old comes slithering up on her belly up the aisle. That's and, not a good sign. I'm just right. saying right now. I'll go out on the limb. He said even like, physically, that's hard to do physically yeah, for yeah, anyone. Yeah. And so the the guy preaching turns to this guy and says, take care of that. And this guy is 20 years old. He think, he's thinking, me take care of it. I'm here to listen to you. You're the main guy. 
And he said this, and the guy telling the story said, proceeded this seven-year-old girl, he said she couldn't weigh more than 40 pounds, ended up tossing him around the room. Yeah. And he says, now you can tell me all you want yeah. of doctrinally why demons don't exist, and yeah. you can talk about, yeah. um, you know, adrenaline and things like this, but I got tossed around a room by a 40-pound 70-year-old. Yeah. And yeah. so the idea is that, now that's kind of a negative type of an yeah. experience, Yeah. but, <laughs> but one of the things... You know, John 9, you know, the man born blind and, you know, yeah. is he a, One thing I, know. God or, yeah. I don't know. I yeah. was I was blind, yeah. now well, I that, see. That's him. like you the know, old thing that, you know, a man with a, uh, an experience is never at the mercy right. of a man with an argument. Right. You know. And so, and part of my point is here is that that, you know, I don't think we should look down on experiences. And, and even if we, oh. if it doesn't fit into our doctrinal things, this oh. might be a little bit more the Asbury thing. You know, yeah. I think a lot of young people had a genuine experience with God and God meets them there or the Jesus revolution thing and all that. Yeah, there were a lot of flaws in it. And, you know, I mean, but, that, I mean, doesn't but so it just, what? does yeah. that bum you out when God just doesn't do what we think <laughs> he ought to do and he doesn't seem to abide by our doctrine? Doesn't that just, and, and you, he, know, what and, is, you know, what is wrong here? And you know? he reveals himself to people that don't know that anything about don't the new know covenant. Our doctor that I mean it's just really irritating that God just seems to do what he wants to do sometimes you know he doesn't check with us he just goes out and he doesn't you know do it in alignment with any of our doctrine and we're just you know what do we do with that yeah. well we have to condemn it I would yeah. say we just got to talk it down and I mean that's what a lot of people look at but but the point that was made too here and I thought was a great point is that in a day where a lot of young people are you know going to college or hearing other things and kind of turning their back on things of faith a lot of times but he said if if someone's had a genuine experience with the spirit of God that's much harder for them to turn their back on they may not understand but they know okay back then at that age yeah something happened right I don't know what I can't explain it but when there's not been an experience of some sort like that we know. Um, we, it just becomes an intellectual thing that you can walk away look, from look, when you're taught wrong. This whole idea that we think we've got God figured out is such an incredible joke. You know what's going on right now? It's been do- well documented in the Is- in the world of Islam is that Islamists, Muslims, I should say, are coming to Jesus mm-hmm. by the millions, and many of them, thousands of them, are telling stories of getting having visions of Jesus. Yeah. Now, what do you do with that? I mean, what yeah. what is going on with that? But you know, what, what, you know, so you know, they don't have our evangelistic institutions over there. I mean, in Iran, the gospel is just growing by leaps and bounds in Iran, and there's no way to explain that. It's just very organic. Somehow they're just they're put out and they've had it with the the Muslim you know faith. They don't, they know they've seen what damage that's done, and a lot of them are just. I mean, but the stories they're telling are that mm-hmm. that Jesus is appearing to them and telling. Well, you know, I mean, that I thought he was supposed to rely on us to share the gospel. I mean, where's that? How's that working? You know, I mean, you know, it's it's a reminder that the Holy Spirit is in the world, and the Holy Spirit is drawing people and revealing Jesus Christ. And and I thought of this the other day of we. You know, God works over periods of time much longer than we wish he would at times. Oh, yeah. You know, you Most think about, oh, you know, because yeah. we want, oh yeah. you know, we want, like, or the back to the Asbury Revival thing, okay, that happened. Now we want, you know, we need something next week and this month for it to keep it going, and, and we, we want to see God just change the world over and over. Well, he's been, 
he's been, you know, working in the world for a couple thousand years since the cross. And so or the Jesus revolution thing. A lot of people had genuine experiences that will bear fruit mm-hmm. and their children and their grandchildren. But it, it, the work of God happens over generations many times. Yeah, I, I mean, I've got and this so, real, I just, just my opinion, just a hunch, but I've just seen how I just kind of think maybe God's got more of this figured out than we thought he had, you know? I well, mean, wait, wait, you got a verse for that? Yeah, I, no, I really yeah. don't. Okay. I'm just, it's just a hunch. So just my opinion. I could be wrong. But I, I kind of think he's, he's got things more in control than what we've given him credit for. Well, I just saw a quote here that actually has to do with the kingdom in my notes here since you, we yeah. started with that. It says, the kingdom of God is not a kingdom of servants. The kingdom is a kingdom of sons who choose to serve. So, yeah, I think, you know, we're, we're not a kingdom of servants. We're a kingdom, you know. Yeah, we're we're in a we're in a family with God. We're in a we're in relationship with God. That's more about what the kingdom that, is. What's that verse? Verse in First Peter talks about we are, we are a royal. I mean, we yeah, are royalty. First what's Peter that? two. Yeah, what's that? I'm going to look that first up. First Peter two you, nine. Jeff, try that. You, once yeah. you fill in some time here, while yeah. I do I have to tell you where it's. What can you quote it? Can you can quote I, it? Since you yeah, we're a royal else. priesthood, a holy nation, the people chosen of God to declare His praises. Uh, he's brought us out of darkness into light. Something to that effect. Chosen generation, a royal priesthood. Yeah. Uh, yeah. To declare the praises of him who's called us out of us. Out of darkness. Out of into darkness. His, into, his into his marvelous light. Yeah. Yeah. Who once were not a people, but are now the people of God, who had yeah. not obtained mercy, but now have obtained mercy. That idea of light, I, I read this or heard someone talk about this the other day and had not, had not thought of it. So it has to do with the idea that God is light. But First John one, this is really a striking verse that we tend to flip over. You know that First John one five talks about God is light, and in Him is no darkness at all. But the part before that is the amazing thing. So this is John, the apostle whom Jesus loved. You know had a, you know knew Jesus as well as anyone. I guess he says this is the message which we have heard from Him and declare to you. That's a pretty startling lead in. Okay, the Apostle John says, this is the message, not just a message. This mm-hmm. is the message which we have heard from him and declare to you that God is light and in him is no darkness at all. And, and by that, I think it's talking about that God is not the evil, angry yeah. type of thing. That's, you know, he's not light sometimes and darkness other times. Yeah, that, that is that a God very is interesting light. statement when but he says this, this is, is the, the message. message. Yeah, that is so, very interesting. And so that's, um, anyway. Well, Anyway, I just think that, um, well, once again, we don't have God figured out. And, um, Looking over my notes to see if we got. Hey, I'm getting just a real off topic thing here, you know. Um, uh, Mom came over the other day, mm-hmm. and uh, we've, we were without electricity for a while. You were without electricity for what, two or three days? Uh, a little more than 48 hours. Yeah. Uh, yeah she was without for by three days, I think, or maybe longer, Something like that. Three or four days. Yeah. We were out with like a day and a half. Yeah. And so, now, you know, mom's grandmother, great-grandmother, you know, I'm not going to give away her age, but, you know, we're in our 60s. She's Been around a while. Okay. Yeah, okay. <laughs> and so she comes over, and I'm thinking, okay, why would most moms, grandmothers, great-grandmothers come over? Well, did she need something from us? Did she, you know, what, what was the she? Well, first of all, she says, I'm going to, I want to come over and I'll tell you what she wanted. But she said, you know, her electric's off. So her, her garage door won't open. I said, well, let me come over and open your door. She goes, no, I can get it. Yeah. <laughs> I said, well, if you have trouble with it, just let me know. So she, no, she didn't have no problem. She just pulls up her garage door, puts her garage door open. She had to recharge her electronic devices. <laughs> she brings over two pads, her, her laptop, 
a her phone, her Android phone, her <laughs> watch, some kind of a you know Android watch of some kind, and her little charging, you know, whatever charger thing. And just so she brings a box full of her devices and cords. We had to hook. I had to go down to the office here, lay everything out. You know, charge it all up for a couple hours. We she just hung out here and we you know watched TV and talked. And then we gathered up all her devices. She she go. So is our mom addicted to screens? You know, people talk about teenagers get addicted to screens. Or do we need to worry about it's our just mom a little being more addicted high to tech screens? Than most grandmother, <laughs> great grandmas, I'll tell you that. You know, she. Well, I got something good to finish on. All right. You got anything else? No. I hadn't thought of this one. Genesis one nine. I, I uh, one. First chapter of Genesis. So God created man in his own image. In the image of God, he created them male and female. He created them. The very next verse. So this is when he, you know, later in the chapter two and three, getting the details of, of how he created them. But it just says created. Then it says, then God blessed them. I mean, had just created them. And the very first transaction or communication, we all, it says, then God blessed bless them and that word for bless is actually a word that's for praise i mean it's kind of like a, a parent to a little baby or a little toddler or me with a green you know and the idea that i heard someone talk about that it's actually you know praise and serve type of thing you think oh wait a minute now are you saying god the creator is praising his creation and and oh, yeah. serving well didn't yeah. jesus say i came not to be served but to serve yeah and he knelt yeah. You know, in the upper room, clean and wash. And so it's kind of like, you know, like I would get down on the floor with the grandkids and I want to serve them. Yeah. You know, what do you want? What do you need? You know, do you want your sandwich cut in triangles or squares? Do you want we, blue jello or red jello? You know, not not only have we so, made God very rigid, but we scream heresy when somebody else yeah, doesn't yeah. declare that God is rigid. I mean, yeah. it's really an amazing yeah. thing. So, then God bless them we'll finish on that he created the male and female he created them then god bless them yeah that is interesting i have to read that over i guess i'd miss that and you can go down to the link in the podcast it'll take you right to amazon where you can take a look at our book breaking the hex life with god at the cross killed religion what are you going to say jeff we're about finished with our bathroom remodel at our house i know you've been wondering about that yeah by the time this podcast airs hopefully we will be done so you get get, ends inside you (laughs) you get to go potty inside the house now is that right i mean well we're well we've actually got three (laughs) bathrooms now as of today we got three bathrooms we can use we've been on two for quite a while yeah and um so it's kind of odd the bedroom's not done because we're waiting on carpet this week but the bathroom in the bedroom is done so we can use the new bathroom we just have to walk across a work zone basically to get there garage or something but we have a spare bedroom (laughs) just kidding so (laughs) but we're we're excited about that it's been a long haul they started on it the day after martin luther king day so january yeah now we're here close to mid-march so wow. it's, it's taking a while wow. it's gonna be very nice so yeah. you have to well, come over and look at it sometime I, I mean, i'll have to come over we're still right. on a selling the house right now so sorry we can do an appraisal you know we can do some <laughs> run some comps on it put it on the market now just let me know i'm here for you <laughs> <laughs>